This is the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, created by the team of Becker's Healthcare, a multimedia company devoted to the people who power U.S. healthcare. Four new 15-minute episodes are released daily, containing industry news, analysis, and thought leadership from powerful healthcare decision makers. Support our show by leaving it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you use. It's a chance to tell us what you like about the show and act on your feedback. Thanks for listening. Now here's the episode. This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Sarah Ponsolet, Chair of Strategy and Enterprise Portfolio Management Office and Strategic Consulting Services at Mayo Clinic. Sarah, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Great to be here. Well, I'm really excited for our conversation today. I know there's a lot happening in healthcare and certainly, you know, Mayo is on the forefront of many of the innovations in care delivery. But before we dive into my questions, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself and your background? Sure. So I have been at Mayo Clinic for 16 years and held a series of different positions, spent about 10-ish years working in analytics across a variety of different areas, but got the privilege to work in the strategy department in 2014 through today, and I've held progressively um, higher leadership positions over my tenure here. I have had the privilege of helping write and cascade Mayo Clinic's 2020 strategy, as well as our 2030 Bold Forward strategy. I have been in the position of doing strategy development, capital allocation. I've worked through planning roles. I've done some external consulting with major employers during COVID. And then finally, I I recently moved into this new role. I'm calling it strategy execution and really making sure that we can make our strategies come to life. I love the way you put that, being able to have that strategy come to life. I'm sure it's easier said than done in most cases, just because, you know, you can have the most beautifully laid vision and and, um, plan to get execution done. But then when uh, push comes to shove, I can imagine there's always just some things that make it harder to actually execute on than it seems like when you're in the planning stages. Oh, absolutely. I think you can build out a great strategy, a great plan, a great blueprint and roadmap, and then the reality of how do I actually get this done from an operational component is what I often hear. So what are the things I should stop doing? What are the things I need to start doing? What are the metrics we should be monitoring to ensure that I'm making progress? But ultimately, a lot of operators are um, needing some support, and I have a pretty large team now. It's about 170 people. And so it's these major capital investments or these very different growth strategies that require uh, support and strategic thinking, as well as strategic, um, we have engineers on our team, as well as project managers, of course, and ensure that all of the component parts are laid out so that our operators can execute against it. And then we always have control measures to ensure that what we uh, implemented actually is That makes a lot of sense and seems like it's a great way to set up the department and, and really making sure that you're efficient and effective on uh, some of the big projects that you're working on and changes and in initiatives. So that's great to hear. Now, given your position, what are some of your top priorities right now? Where are you focusing most of your attention? So Mayo Clinic's 2030 strategy is to cure, to connect, and transform. We also know that we can't do it without having a robust people strategy, a workforce of the future strategy, 
as well as maintaining solid uh, financial performance in, in times where we're seeing a lot of financial um, pressures. So that's really a lot of where my team is focused, but I'd say more specifically, if we want to go in a, a little more in the space of to connecting and to transform, we have been investing in an automation strategy, and that's an area that my team is leading. So automation is composed of um, utilizing artificial intelligence, process engineering, and process automation, as well as um, robotics, so both physical robots and bots. We believe that we won't be able to recruit our way out of a workforce shortage, and so 30% of healthcare has the potential for automation, and we really want to reduce administrative burden, reduce manual tasks and processes in order to free up our most valuable asset, which is our people, and making sure that they're um, doing human-related uh, tasks versus things that could be potentially automated. So both on the strategy development side, the planning side, but most importantly is on execution to try to drive automation to scale so that we are able to alleviate um, those pressures on some of our most critical staff, staffing areas of shortage or high turnover and making sure that we kind of bring joy back to our care teams as well as ensure that we maintain or improve our outcome, safety, and experience for our patients. So automation is a big area of emphasis, and there's many different types of technology that we are assessing right now to, to um, achieve those results. We also have um, invested in each of our campuses. So we have invested in growing all three of our campuses in Arizona, in Florida, and in Minnesota. And so when we think about investing in physical, our physical setting, that's where my team definitely comes in to help with that, that execution. So if we're gonna grow different floors or we're gonna move different service lines to different buildings, my team is definitely at the elbow supporting all of our operators to ensure that we think solidly about the process flow mapping for both our patients as well as our care team, as well as thinking through the different systems and processes in order to ensure a seamless transition uh, in the growth of our physical settings, our physical footprints across those three destination sites. Um, and then finally, it's kind of tied into our um, automation, but we have been investing quite a bit into Mayo Clinic Platform. And we believe that that's going to be the way that we can transform medicine through mobilizing our intellectual property and our, our physician's knowledge, our care team's knowledge to reach more lives. So that kind of hits on both our connect and our transform. Um, those are probably the top three. And then if I were to talk through our investment in cures, it's really staying on the cutting edge of the current and future state of medicine. So that is definitely in our physical settings where we're making uh, thoughtful progress around what should be in the a future hospital setting, what are the future um, treatment options and ways that we might reimagine diagnostics. And so we have a series of different areas of focus as we think about building that out to advance our care strategy as well. 
That's amazing to hear. And certainly, you know, I, I love the way you explained how you're leveraging technology to really um, look at in, in support the different areas that are challenges or the key priorities, whether it's the workforce or um, some of the other growth settings and opportunities. And then on the Mayo Clinic platform too, I know that really just focuses in on a lot of different ways that um, the health system overall can reach patients and, and um, really deliver more precise medicine as you were talking about. So it's it's awesome that you have all of those things going on there. And I know a lot of our listeners and executives across the board um, are really trying to solve some of these same problems as well, or these same challenges. And so from your perspective, you know, where do you see Mayo Clinic growing and developing, what do you see as being next and, and how will things evolve? Yeah, so I think um, I think in kind of there's a three horizons McKinsey approach where it's about what's your core business versus adjacent versus transformative and what percentage should be in each. Within our core business, that's where we've definitely done a lot of that investment in our physical setting, our care setting. So what does a hospital of the future look like? What are treatment options in the future? Um, but diagnostics is really interesting to me as we think about how care is delivered in a increasingly fragmented market where we've seen a lot of new entrants, specifically in retail and technology, enter into the healthcare setting who now have more point solutions for patients and we might be losing some of the longitudinal care both in the data, but in the knowledge of, you know, what, how is a patient navigating across uh, care settings, especially when they need to move into more serious or complex care. That's where Mayo is really set up for um, delivering excellence in a physical setting. But thinking about how do we partner to meet the needs across, I think of it as like an ecosystem play, but how do we pull together the best across primary care, well-being, ASCs, all the way up to hospitalization, and then how do we think creatively about how uh, we move and shift patients out of a hospital setting. We've invested in advanced care at home with a partner, Medical E-Home, to really shift patients out of that hospital setting as quickly as we can for their own, um, their own high-quality outcomes as well as their experience and desiring to be at home. Um, after a hospitalization or a surgery. So I think that as, as Mayo grows, it's gonna be about how we, how we achieve healthcare outcomes collectively with more partners and meeting patients where they're at while they're searching for healthcare information. So that's kind of one area I think that Mayo will be transforming. I also think through our Mayo Clinic platform, we're gonna have a lot of data and knowledge that when we utilize new technologies like machine learning, will create faster um, discoveries. So we think we'll be able to get to discoveries and trends and information in a faster way so that we can get better and newer treatment options to patients as well as intercept disease. So that's some of the areas that we're really hoping that we can drive forward in the future. Um, and then I think the other space of evolution will be just, I think, the, the, the larger actual footprint, but thinking differently about how do we reach more lives with that technology, as mentioned, um, and maintaining our current workforce and really augmenting them and empowering them with technology so that they can be really seeing the right patients that they need to be seeing, that we can 
anticipate that and make sure that we are keeping track of our patients through data, through the different technologies that we will be using. Absolutely. That's fascinating. And, and certainly, you know, looking at that growth and evolution um, from expanding your footprint, connecting with more patients, being able to treat them, but at the same time, as you mentioned, not necessarily increasing the workforce, but really supporting them with the technology. Is that including virtual care or how do you really see the technology um, making the biggest difference as you're growing and developing? Yeah, I think I think the more mature that we see automation and augmentation of our workforce through AI, robots, um, and process automation or process engineering is going to be um, really seeing how what how we delivered care in the past looks different in the future and how do we work smarter and not harder. So some examples that have been really wonderful is that we have a virtual nurse um, program. It's our virtual RNs, but it allows for some of our nurses who were considering retirement to be able to work fully remote if they want. They can also come in if, if they have that desire and be able to be a preceptor and oversee um, medication refills and oversee hospital, you know, patients in the hospital as well as uh, surgeries to be able to maximize the fact that one RN can be looking across 10 rooms uh, synchronously. So through technology, being able to empower them to see more patients in a virtual capacity has been um, something that we've done that I know we want to advance and scale so that we can leverage our one of our most critical staff needs, which is in our nursing space. We've also been thinking through in um, surgical tech. So our, our technologists, that's also an area where we struggle um, to, to maintain our staff and it's critical to staffing. We think about some of the tasks that they have, like building surgery trays and think about how manufacturing would approach that so that we can build surgical trays um, through robots and rather than having a human um, spend the time to do so. And so really making sure that they're working at the, the top of their capabilities and leveraging technology and robots and other things to um, to make sure that they're um, they're augmenting the work and the I'd say manual tasks or repetitive tasks that they had been doing in the past. And then we've also been partnering with Epic and um, building some of our own bots or AI within Epic to ensure that we can pull knowledge for our nurses while they're meeting with our patients and save time. So sometimes it's just saving 10 to 15 minutes in every single patient visit so that it allows our nurses to spend more time with the patient and frees them up from kind of searching through the EPIC record for the type of information they need to um, get, get things ready for the front end of a surgery or helping a physician get the information they need before making a diagnosis. 
Well, that's amazing to hear and definitely some really, really great examples of how um, that technology support and digital transformation, AI, robots, and other areas are really showing up within the workforce and, and making a big difference. Um, I appreciate you diving into that a little bit deeper so much with us. And, you know, before we wrap up our conversation, I was wondering if you could talk through one change that you or your team has made uh, recently that's yielded some great results. Probably the largest um, change that we have been making within my kind of engineering and project management office has been around automation. And one of the areas that we're looking to help advance and scale is in our, our business function. So some of the work that we've been doing um, to do the investigation on that is that we have been interviewing and working with our revenue cycle colleagues, and they're using a technology called UiPath, which allows them to take manual processes through a citizen program. The citizen program is training um, anyone within revenue cycle to um, ensure that they know how to build out a bot. And then there is kind of a, a core team that walks through um, ensuring that those bots are really solid and then coordinates with Epic on making sure that if we can get a system upgrade, we will. But they have been able to um, have bots working 23 and a half hours a day, um, going through and processing claims, going through our denials, um, sending out reports and ensuring accuracy that we didn't miss any of our, um, any of our billing against our contracts and double checking that all tasks that were very manual and probably didn't bring our, our revenue cycle colleagues a lot of joy and making sure that we're going to move that to scale. So we're also going to start looking more at the front and middle office, um, not just the kind of the back office components to drive automation. And we have smaller examples of, of how we've done that through um, different robots within the hospital setting. And we also have utilized AI and data to drive to um, appropriate OR starts and ensuring that we have the right people in the room through using AI-guided video in our hospital and surgery settings. Absolutely. Wow. That's great to hear. And certainly, again, another great example of how you're using technology in, in really making a difference. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. This has been really such a fun and informative conversation, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Yeah, thank you very much. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks, to help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way. Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. Mm -hmm.